How's everybody doing this morning? Oh, I don't think that everybody was doing okay. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Amen. <laughs> I, um, I think we're going to uh, continue talking about something. Last week was Easter. And uh, Easter is a special time of year. Amen. Um, it's a special time of year because it reminds us that uh, he's alive, but we can live like he's alive every day. Amen. And so even though in some ways Easter has become the religious check mark on the box of people that maybe half-heartedly kind of care about God. <laughs> but you know, if, you, if Jesus said, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments, yeah. right? He says, if you abide in me, well, who did that part? Jesus did that part. He died on the cross. Well, thank God for that part. That's what Easter is about. But do you know that's not the formula for success? <laughs> and we're not talking about the world's success. We're talking about God's kind of success, okay? World success is different. If you try and compare them, you're going to get messed up. But, but uh, Jesus, his version of success, he says, you know, if you abide in me, well, he did that. And he says, and I... Uh, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Okay, so now whose job is that though? That's mine. So you can't just rest on the work of Christ and not let his words abide in you. See, because he said, everybody said he said. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. You'll have what you will, and it'll be done unto you. And he goes on to say, you'll bear much fruit, and you'll give my Father glory. Well, so, <clears throat> I, I, think, I think I know what I'm talking about today. <laughs> I think we'll get there. See, anybody that's ever been married, you have one of these on, right? And, uh, this is supposed to be an everlasting reminder that I made a promise. I made a promise to my wife, you know, all the vows that you take on your wedding day. Maybe I, I need to go refresh myself on. <laughs> but the vows you take on your wedding day, you know what it is to be faithful, to be, to be hers, she's mine. And this ring, see, they're made out of gold. You, you can't really destroy it. You can't destroy it. It's, it's for as long as we're together, this is, in, this is in place. I mean, for as long as we're alive, this is in place. It's everlasting commitment. Well, see, we're called the bride of Christ, right? Well, if you, if you receive Christ, you're married to him. Now, God has unconditional love for the world. You know that, right? But that doesn't mean he's an unconditional God. His love is unconditional, the relationship with God is not. It's full of conditions. His love never changes, but your relationship with him, that's got a conditional part. And that's, people like to sit on the love of God like it's some kind of ace in the hole, like it's some kind of get-out-of-jail-free card. But you know, at some point, God's going to have to judge faithfulness with your heart. I would prefer he do it here. Amen. 
I would prefer I be judged here and not there. And see what we like to think, well, you know, oh, I, okay. <clears throat> see, God knows how to work in every single person's life. He knows how to weigh their hearts. He knows what's in there. He knows when the truth strikes somebody's heart, how it's going to affect them. Do you know that? He doesn't control people's will by any means. You're, you're not puppets on strings. You know that. But do you know he foreknows in his own mind, he foreknows every single time he brings the truth to somebody's heart, he knows exactly how they'll react to it. And, and Jesus got to the place, see, when he was walking on this earth, he brought nothing but the truth, right? Nothing but the truth to the people that he spoke with, to the people that received him. He spoke the truth and they received the truth. But it got to the point with the Pharisees. Everybody with me, the Pharisees. He came to the place where he says, unless you believe that I am he who God sent, you're going to die in your sins. He got that bold with them. He says, you're whitewashed tombs. That was love trying to rescue that guy, that Pharisee. And every single, why was he having to go that degree? Because they would stand there and watch while people would get raised from the dead. They would stand there and watch as arms grew up, as lepers got cleansed, as people with oppressions and mental illnesses and, and devils got free. And everybody was glorifying God and they did not care. Do you know what their solution was for Lazarus? Let's put him to death. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead and they, they took counsel on whether or not they should kill Lazarus. You want to talk twisted? You see the power of God? You're going to fight it? No wonder he called them whitewashed tombstones. You know, sepulchers, not tombstones. You know what I'm saying? He says, you are going to hell unless you change. He had to. There was no, they couldn't receive what was right. And Jesus said to his disciples, he says, if I hadn't done the works that no other man had done, they had not had sin. But because I came and did everything that I did, they, their sin is revealed and it's stained. And see, there comes a moment where, you, you know, this is going to be, I'm, I'm talking spiritually, Right? Spiritually, this is going to be weighed. There's a relationship. Everybody say relationship. Relationship that you have with God. And it's a precious thing. But it's not unconditional. And see, Jesus said, if my words abide in you. Everybody say words. If my words abide in you, you'll bear much fruit. You'll be my disciple. It's not, it's not okay. The, the, the message for the world, let me clarify this, the message for the world, the unsaved world, is he loves you unconditionally. That there's nothing that you have. You cannot show a single card that says, oh, I can't beat that. The blood of Jesus trumps every single card that you can pull out. No matter what the sin, no matter what the offense, no matter, that's why everything that people pull up doesn't matter. 
Oh, but I've, I've been the worst sinner you can imagine. Doesn't matter. Say, <laughs> what, what is Peter? Peter denied Jesus after being his disciple how many times? He denied him three times. He says, I never knew you. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. He, he denied to the world. He says, I don't know you. I don't know Jesus. I don't know Jesus. Why? To save his own skin. And the unconditional love of God was there for him. Do you know what wouldn't have been there for him? Is if he would have continued down that path and separated from Christ. There would have been, what can you do? The unconditional love of God isn't dependent. It can't stop your free will. So there's a relationship. Everybody say relationship. Amen. And see, this commitment, it's like marriage that we have with Christ. And everything that we do, I, I almost, I have a, an idea. I haven't put it into practice yet, but I've almost thought, you know, I should get another ring, really, and put it maybe on one of my other fingers to remind me every single day. I'm married to Christ. I'm married to Christ in my faith, in my walk, in how I treat other people. Let's see. Do <laughs> you know you're walking down the mall? It takes a bold guy. <laughs> you're walking down in the mall with your wife, all right? And you walk past that certain store. Everybody knows what that certain store is. I don't even have to tell you, <laughs> right? They put ladies up there that you shouldn't be looking at, okay? Now, you have your wife with you. How bold do you got to be to just stare in that store? Look at all the things you shouldn't be looking at and your wife's with you. You know what I'm saying? Why? Why? Because there's a conscience. Everybody say conscience. There's a conscience on the inside of you that says, hey, my wife's here. I'm married to her. And I don't want her. Now, this is the reasoning sometimes. You know. If you pray in the Spirit, do you know the Holy Ghost will mess with your reasonings? He will, he will reveal all of your motivations. He'll take the cover off everything and he'll say, this is why you're doing this. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's right. And see, you, you walked, you ought to have the same conscience if you walk through a mall to have that presence of mind in your heart and accountability in your thoughts that you're not going to look at things that violate the agreement that you made with your wife. Everybody say amen to that. She doesn't have to be there for you to have a conscience of it. Well, see, we got the same thing with God. Because, you know, more so with God, because we don't see God, right? We don't see him with our eyes, but his conscience and his presence is always there in our hearts. So that when you are walking through life, how easy is it, especially, especially when there's, you're in a group of people that don't know God or they, they bear witness with a lie and everybody is patting you on the back and on the inside you're screaming, this is not right. Because your conscience is telling you what's right. And what will be judged by, okay? What will be judged by on that day? I don't know how he'll judge the world. I know how he'll judge us as his children. Is that he put his life and his conscience, the new nature on the inside of us, those of us that have received him. Do you know when you got born again, you got the very life of Christ on the inside of you? What's the very life of Christ? The very life of Christ is the life that walked free from sin every single day. Everybody say free. 
He walked free from sin every single day. That's the life on the inside of you. When God looks at you, he doesn't see you any different than Christ's life. He looks at Jesus, he looks at you. He, doesn't, he looks at Jesus, he looks at you. He looks at Jesus, he looks at you. The life's the same. Is that clear enough? That same life is on the inside of you. And what we're going to be judged by in that day is that there is a life on the inside of you that spoke up and said, don't do that, that's wrong. It's the life of Christ you receive when you got born again. And it will accuse or excuse every behavior. And see, we want to, we want to follow God. And following God a lot of times takes different kinds of paths and roads and there's so many spectrum of decisions. But the primary way you begin to follow God is to take steps in agreement with that new nature, that conscience that says don't do that. And you become very, very sensitive to things that upset that life that's on the inside of you. Very, very sensitive to things that are motivated incorrectly. Do you know motives of the heart are one of the most important things to God? Two people can do the exact same thing for different reasons and God will judge it differently. You may give $1,000 to this church and out of a pure heart-filled motive and joy and giving, you give it freely and God loves it. And you may give $1,000 to this church and expect to buy power. What's the motive? God judges it differently, but it looks the same to everybody else, right? See, what's going on on the inside makes all the difference. Why you're doing the things you're doing. And, and God, God will reveal on the inside, this is why you're doing these things, and it's an offense to the life of God on the inside. Well, the more you follow God, and the more, and see, it's the Holy Spirit's job. Everybody say the Holy Spirit. See, because you, you were given a spirit. That's the new nature. That's the life that came from Christ. Because you got born again, it's like a spiritual house was put on the inside of you. And the Holy Ghost says, now I couldn't live there before, but now I can. I can live in that house. Now the old man, the Holy Spirit couldn't abide in that house. But when you got born again, it's like the, Jesus, this is the work of Jesus, he gave that house, that house of life on the inside of you. And it's the same house that was on the inside of him. And the Holy Spirit says, I can abide in that house. And that's the, called the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That's where praying in tongues comes from. We speak not these things unto men, but, the, but those things with the Holy Ghost teaches. Comparing spiritual to spiritual, right? He that prays, everybody knows this, he that prays in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men. Well, that excludes every single language of men. It's not Spanish, it's not Italian, it's not Chinese, it's not any of those, okay? That's what some of, some people believe that that's what that's talking about. It's not talking about that. He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. Howbeit in the spirit, he's speaking mysteries. Are they, are there things God does not know? No, there's nothing God does not know. So why is it a mystery? There are things that are mysteries to you that the Holy Spirit is revealing, See, the Holy Spirit's primary job is revelation. Everybody say revelation. He comes with understanding, with wisdom and knowledge. That's why he comes. He comes to bring you the mind of Christ. This is what I always related. This is the picture he gave me. He is like the nervous system of the body. 
If you were to prick your finger, there would be almost instantaneous transmission of that information. The moment you prick your finger, your mind knows. Am I right? <laughs> there's no delay. If there's a delay, we need to go see a doctor. <laughs> okay? But, but the moment you prick your finger, your mind knows. Or if, if you put your hand on something hot, you immediately know to take it off because of that instantaneous transmission. Well, the Holy Spirit is the nervous system of the body of Christ. He is supposed to instantaneously transmit information to every single part of the body. No matter what your calling or part is, no matter what your function is, it's his job to bring information. But do you know, as he's bringing you that information, he has no way to kind of grab you by the shoulders and go make you do what you're supposed to. Do you know he can't do that? He can only, on the inside, he can kind of, how do I put that? He can kind of give you like a, uh, a correction on the inside. I'm making a spanking motion because that's correction. <laughs> he, it's like I'm getting, I'm getting corrected on the inside, okay? And he can do that, but he can't make you obey him. No amount of prayer forces you to bow the knee. Prayer doesn't absolve you of your will or get rid of your willpower. It only reveals to you the steps you're supposed to take. And if you won't take them, then we go around the mountain until we take them to get past this thing that's in our life. And there's been mountains I've gone around for a couple of years until I finally realized he's not changing his mind. <laughs> I, you know, I think maybe if I just keep Ignoring that, we'll go around it, you know, and I think, oh, we've forgotten about it. We've forgotten about it. We've forgotten about it. And then one day he'll say, hey, do you remember that? Okay, we've been going around in circles. It's time to grow up, you know. And, and until, you, until you obey him, you're stuck. And that's the growth process. That's the growth process. I got to help my boy grow up in a little bit. We took Josh his first day to, uh, to swimming classes at the Y. I can remember as a kid, that was like my kryptonite. I hated water. I didn't like it in my face. It was a fear of mine. And he has a similar mind to me, so I'm thinking, I hope it's not genetic or anything. But um, he, he overthinks things, Josh does, believe it or not. <laughs> and so when he knew that it was going to be a class initially, he was quite fearful. He didn't want to do it at all. And I said, what's wrong? What's wrong? And he couldn't tell me. And I just kind of kept loving on him and, and encouraging him. I says, you're going to be able to do this. We go to the beach every year. It's the ocean. Ocean's a lot scarier than this kiddie pool, you know. <laughs> and I just kept saying things like that. Say, and it was like at some point, he was built up enough. He, there was enough encouragement. There was enough inside. He's like, okay. I don't know what I'm about to do or what I'm about to step into, what kind of class this is with learning how to swim, but I can handle the ocean. And, you, and I kept building him up. Ever say building him up. <laughs> I kept building him up. And, and, he's, and so I said, you know what? Well, let's go there we'll early. We'll go check it out. We'll kind of look around, you know. So we got there a half hour early. We walked around. I said, you remember that and that? And I said, that's really shallow. That's where they, you know, they keep the babies. And <laughs> yeah. Just subtle things. You can't, you can't be forward with him or he'll, he'll detect it and he'll fight you. <laughs> and by the time we got in that pool, he was completely fine. But see, what is it saying, Jude? But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. 
And what the Holy Ghost is designed to do, he's not designed to force you into God's will. Nobody can do that. It's designed to reveal the steps you're supposed to take. It's designed to reveal what's, I don't know what to do. When you don't know how to pray as you ought, you pray in the Spirit, right? And the Spirit makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So we pray in the Spirit and He reveals the next step we're supposed to take in our development. But you don't develop until you take the step. Just because you know doesn't mean you grow. <laughs> I didn't plan that. <laughs> Just because you know, it doesn't mean that you're going to grow. You have to step that off. That might have been cheesy for you, but that was fun for me. <laughs> okay. I don't know how that how it sounds sometimes. <clears throat> Go to John. Gospel of John, chapter 16. We'll start in verse 12. Oh, yeah. Okay. Gospel of John 16, verse 12. Now, look at this. This is Jesus. This is what he's saying to his disciples. <clears throat> I have yet many things. Everybody say many things. I have yet many things to say unto you but you cannot bear them now. Now, just take that as a thought right there. There's many things that Jesus wanted to impart to them at that moment, but they could not bear them yet. It doesn't say they couldn't understand them. It says they couldn't bear them. What is the picture? <clears throat> I can carry, you know, I, if I was to do a bench press, I could maybe do 150 pounds but you put 250 on there, I know how to bench press 250, but I can't bear to bench press 250. See? I can tell my son, and, and I've given him too much information already when we sit in the car, and he says, what does that do? What does that do? The other day, I, I, I thought, you know, I'm just teaching him, giving him information, maybe a little too young, because <laughs> the other day when we were, I was still pulling into the driveway at the house, I says, when I tell you, you can shift the gear. <laughs> you know, he reached over there and shifted it before I even got started. I said, okay, you're done. You're not, you didn't obey me. You're not going to shift the gears anymore. <laughs> Too much information. Can't bear it, <laughs> all right? <laughs> see, that's the, see, God can tell you things that you're not ready for yet. And it doesn't mean that he's trying to withhold. He's trying to keep you safe, all right? Maybe you have a calling to be a businessman or a businesswoman. But what if he gives you the information that somehow drops a million dollars in your hands and, and he never sees you again? Because you're not, you're, not, you're not of the character level yet to handle that kind of power or responsibility. Same thing with power of God. Amen? So there is a growing and bearing process and it's part of why the Holy Spirit was sent. Look at this. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. And guess what? He didn't say them in this chapter. He didn't say them. See, the Holy Spirit is the express word of God to you in your life. There is no book written about your life. He writes it as you'll follow him. Amen. 
Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you. Notice he says guide and not drag. He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. In other words, he's saying he's not coming with a new agenda. This was their concern. Look, to the disciples, Jesus is talking crazy talk. I'm about ready to die. The Messiah to them was their new leader that was going to lead them into the, to, uh, to victory. <laughs> and, and they were thinking mostly physical terms. They were thinking nation, nationality, you know, victory over Rome, establish yourselves as a power in this world. They didn't understand. And he's trying to tell the disciples, look, I'm about ready to go. The spirit of truth is coming. He's not going to speak of himself. He's not coming with a new plan. The plan is still the same. It's the kingdom of God. He says he's not going to speak of himself. Whatever he hears from me, that will he speak. He is, Christ is the head of the body. Amen. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. It's a will, not a maybe. It's a will. Everybody say will. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. How much will he show unto you? Oh, look, he says, verse 15, all things that the Father hath are mine. Everybody say all things. Every, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, you have access to through the Holy Spirit. It is an uncorruptible, untouchable inheritance. It's not like physical things that can be corrupted and, and rust and degrade. These are spiritual truths, spiritual things. They are life and health and peace and joy. And, and, and every time you need something, do you know God is your provider? It doesn't matter what kind of whirlwind of circumstances come blow your house down. If you are connected to God as your provider, you can withstand any storm that happens here. It's not bound by circumstances. The world, it says in the end that their hearts are going to fail them for the things that are coming upon the earth. Why is their hearts failing them? Because they're attached to this earth. But if your heart is attached to God, it doesn't matter what comes at you. You just stand there because the love and the joy and the peace and the anointing and the provision and the healing is in here connected to God, your father. And you can't rob me of that. I have a treasure that cannot be stolen. Take my 10,000. He'll give me another. <laughs> That's why Jesus could preach these kind of messages that just makes the flesh's mind go on their head. When somebody comes, robs you, he says, give them something else. Extend love to them. Why? Because I know God. <laughs> you know, when they were going without bread and Jesus told them, he says, <laughs> he says, why are you worried about bread? Don't, don't you remember we just multiplied a bunch of bread? I'm talking about bad doctrine. That's the, if you want to worry about something, don't worry about lack of provision. We're worrying about false beliefs, things in your heart that don't agree with God. That's the biggest thief you have. <clears throat> Everybody say all things. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I, he will take of mine and show it unto who? You. Everybody say me. A little while, and you shall not see me, and again a little while, 
and you shall see me because I go to the Father. See, this is the express job of the Holy Spirit to bring you from place to place, from growth to growth, from maturity to maturity, to reveal the will of God. My son, the more I father him, the more I realize I really can't make him do something. I can only love him into doing it. And see, as I was trying to love him into taking these classes for swimming, what are you going to do? How are you going to make him swim? I can give him consequence, but at some point he's going to have to trust himself and be built up on the inside to go do those things that I've asked him to do. Amen. And that's what praying in the Spirit does. It builds you up on the inside to tackle things on the outside. See, we, we keep hoping that prayer and relationship with God will manifest different things and heart motives. We keep looking for new cars to end up in our driveway. We keep looking for new houses. We keep looking for people to start liking us more when we spend time with God. All he's doing is he's working on the inside so that everything that happens on the outside no matter what they do to you, you're still love to them. You're still joy to them. You're still peace to them. Everybody, amen? All right. <clears throat> Thank you, Father. You can be built on the rock. You can be built on this rock. I'm going to, I think he's shifting gears here. The Holy Spirit, and this is where we're going to connect up with a couple weeks ago before Easter. <clears throat> it's Jesus said, everybody say Jesus said. Jesus. Out of your belly shall flow rivers, everybody say rivers, rivers, of living water. And see, and as you continue to spend time in prayer, it's not just one stream. He said rivers, plural. There's a river here, there's a river there, there's a river there. Look at the rivers that flowed out of Christ. See, what did Christ have and what did he leave? You will not, the only thing that you'll really find that Christ left that you can go visit is the place where he died, the place where he rose, the place where he was born. He didn't build anything. He, he didn't put a monument to himself. All we have are his words. And see, with his legacy was one of character and strength and the manifested power of God on this earth. You will never separate the active person of God from the person of Jesus. The power that was manifested through him was exactly what God was wanting to do with him, is exactly what God is wanting to do with you and me. And we are called to be grown up by the Holy Ghost to lead us and guide us into all truth and all spiritual blessings in heavenly places are your inheritance. You are called to do great things for God. Things that you could not do apart from God. They're not natural things, they're spiritual things. How are you going to raise somebody up that's been crippled from their mother's womb? I can't, but the Holy Ghost can. But there is a cooperation. Everybody say cooperation. And see, the Holy Ghost, he is the nervous system of the body. He's bringing information, but without action upon it, nothing happens. So he may be trying to get you to grow, but if you don't take steps, take steps of maturity to attack those things that are keeping you from growing, you don't grow. Everybody say amen. And see, there are other things beyond you 
that God is trying to, he's not just interested in the things that oppose you. He's interested in the things that oppose your neighbor. He's interested in the things that oppose the clerk that just checked you out at Walmart. He's interested in the things that are opposing every single person you come in contact with. He doesn't like the devil's work in anybody's life. And he's trying to open up our thinking and our believing to extend beyond just me and my family and to take a step out and cross enemy lines and say, I see the devil at work in your life. Let me help you. I know the Holy Ghost and he'll take care of that. And see, every time you see a miracle recorded in scripture, they could not have foreseen what was to happen except that they took a step in faith believing that God was going to manifest something. It's like when Peter took a step out onto the water. He had to believe in the word of Christ more than what he understood about the water. That when he took a step, he had to believe it was going to hold him up. And the Holy Ghost is here to lead us and guide us into all these things. All of these things, these miracles, these signs, these wonders, these words. To step you out into greater and greater things for his glory. Amen? Now, I want to use Peter as an example because I mentioned Peter before. Do you know Peter? He did not have a perfect track record. Okay? Now, part of me, I know that there's a growth process, but I can look at the life of Peter and I can see there was a lot of things he had to get past, right? And from the, let's just put this in perspective. This is what the Holy Ghost was telling me, all right? From the day that Jesus called Peter, to the day when he stood in front of that person at the gate beautiful, that cripple, and lifted him up. What do you think the time span was there? In my own estimation, I know that he was there for the entire life and ministry of Jesus. That's three and a half years. Now Luke was a physician. He recorded things chronologically. He recorded them in the order that they occurred. So the very first thing that occurred after the infilling of the Holy Spirit was that they gave testimony to all of those people groups that were there, right? But then the very next thing that you see is after that had happened is Peter and John going into the gate beautiful and he raised him up. Let's, I want to read that, okay? Go to Acts chapter 3. <clears throat> Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Now this is, chronologically speaking, we had the infilling of the Holy Spirit, which didn't occur very long after Jesus ascended into heaven. All right? So you had Jesus ascend into heaven, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and then you have Peter and John here. This, this is brought up to current date. In my own estimation, I can't see this being more than four years, Really? I can't see it. We don't, we're not given a length of time, but the way he records things, may, four to five years, max. For, for most of you, that's maybe as long as you've been at this church. Four to five years or longer. How long have you been a believer? What I'm making my point is, is that maturity, that you can have faith and maybe still be growing. You can do some of these things and maybe not be perfect. Don't let this idea of giving, arriving. Paul says, I don't think I've arrived yet. But that didn't stop him from walking in faith. 
all right? Here's Peter. He's, he's only been called a disciple for probably four years. Look at what he did with faith in the Lord right here. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, who they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him, with John said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have Give I thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now, do you know he said that before anything had happened? Everybody with me? The Holy Ghost is the bringer of information. He can bring you to the water, but he can't make you take a step. He can give you instruction, but he can't make you do it. And here is this situation where they're standing there. Peter, do you think if Peter would have said it, wouldn't have said anything, that guy would have hopped up anyway? The Holy Ghost is co-laboring with each and every one of you. And here's what gets me. I don't see this being six months after he denied Christ three times. I really don't. Maybe a year? Can you say growth? Now, even in this there's things after this where Paul, Peter was not perfect. Do you know Paul went along and up to Peter and called him a hypocrite? Was, <laughs> you know, there was, a, there was a long, despite everything Jesus taught, Peter and most of the Jews still did not believe that the Gentiles could be saved. Up until the time where they dropped that, where God gave him a vision and dropped that sheet down with all of those unclean beasts. And it was a type, it was a picture that the Gentiles were supposed to be partakers of the kingdom of God. That's what he was trying to teach him. Up until that point, Peter didn't understand it. Peter didn't have everything worked out. Peter was not perfect. Peter was still a mess in some ways, but he had enough faith to knew what he knew and do what the Holy Ghost was telling him to do. Is that, does that communicate, even though that didn't, that didn't come out very good? <laughs> I, always, I think this is so incredible, the strength of faith that he exhibits here, but you've got to understand, he was not perfect. And you can obey the Holy Ghost and do things even though you're not perfect too. Odds are you may never be perfect or arrived, like fully arrived. I'm not going to preach that you can't because I don't see Jesus preaching that you can't. But I believe that we can grow and operate with the kingdom of God in a spectrum. And we can continue to follow him and let him grow things up on the inside of us. I'm going to share a couple personal testimonies real quick. got a little bit of time <clears throat> the holy ghost can be really specific we see that in scripture and i can give testimony in my own life um we don't have to turn there but you know how specific the holy ghost can be right do you remember the vision that jesus gave to ananias and he told the disciple ananias he says rise up go to this street you're going to find saul go pray for him he can't see is that not specific? I mean, you want to talk about uh, a GPS. 
The Holy Ghost knows everything. Time, place, whatever. <clears throat> now see, the problem with that is that Ananias knew the reputation of Saul, knew that he was a murderer, knew that he was out to get the, uh, out to get the Christians, right? So everybody say risk. <laughs> say, I can hear, I hear you, Lord. I just don't, I'm not sure if I trust what I'm hearing. <laughs> well, see, and this is where growth occurs when we take steps with him. He wants to grow not only our ability to hear, our awareness of him in our life. He wants to grow our trust so that it can bring more fruit. <clears throat> see, Jesus said, that the Holy Spirit has been given to each and every one of us. How many of you know that the Holy Spirit is with you right now? See, we know that. But can I set you up for, and I'm gonna pull the rug out from underneath you because that's what he does to me, okay? <laughs> How many of you believe he's with you right now? Oh, are you sure? I'm gonna pull the rug out. <laughs> See, because if you believe, if you believe he's with you right now, if you not know, if you believe, if you can bear it, if you believe he's with you right now, then you're going to be showing fruit that he's with you right now. It's one thing to know he's with you. It's another thing to be aware that he's with you. That when you're walking, everywhere you go, having an awareness that he's with you right now. And we like to think, well, I don't have a pulpit. I don't have a ministry. Jesus didn't have a pulpit. Do you know what his ministry was? Every time he shook somebody's hand, every time he walked through the crowd and he heard the Holy Ghost say something, he did it. All the lady at the well did was happen to sit next to him. <laughs> and Jesus got real bold, started talking to her about her love life. I don't know. Here, here I am sitting. Maybe I, maybe I go to a fast food shop. I sit down. My waitress brings me my food and all of a sudden, Holy Ghost starts telling me about so-and-so right here. <coughs> See? There is an awareness that he's wanting to cultivate in our daily life. I think you would be surprised how many times you come in contact with people. But we don't think what is the Holy Ghost wanting to do right now? We're not aware of his presence. I may have a pretty uneventful day, but every time I go to a gas station, every time I sit down for lunch, every time I walk through the Walmart, every time you pass somebody, do you, are you aware of what the Holy Ghost can do with you if you're listening? If he says something to you? And he, um, I've, I've shared this and I think some of you have heard it, but I'm going to share it again. I'll share this one first because this one happened just the other day. We were going to, uh, Monday is our weekend, so tomorrow's our weekend. And uh, Natalie and I go on date days, and so we were going to uh, Des Moines. I think it was two weeks ago. No, maybe it was just one week ago. And um, she's been, there's a certain coffee shop that she likes. And uh, they have fresh bagels there. And uh, she wanted to go have one. So we were going to go straight there because, you know, she sleeps in on Mondays. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, it takes, takes her a little bit to get ready, doesn't it, honey? And then we get in the car and we got an hour drive to Des Moines. Oh, by that time, you're really hungry. And, you know, she's letting me know I'm hungry. 
And uh, so I had a shirt that I needed to return, and it was like right on the way, right? It was right on the way. It's real efficient. I like efficiency, you know. It's right on the way. And I thought, you know, I don't want to do this because I, I don't want, you know, she's really hungry. So, but now this, okay, just bear, bear with me, okay? I had a check on the inside. I, I ju- it was real slight. It wasn't that loud. But I, I, I felt the Holy Ghost, and there was, I couldn't write down what was said, right? I couldn't write it down. I just felt it. I just like, let's go to the, let's go to this place first before we go to the bagel shop, coffee shop place. Let's just, and let me return it, you know? And my fear was, she's not gonna like that. She's very hungry. <laughs> I don't wanna, you know, make her mad. <laughs> but I, I said it, and I said, I, I really hesitate to make these things spiritual because it's just a bagel and it's just a shirt, you know? <laughs> I said, you know, I feel like the, <laughs> I, don't, I don't say it like that. The Lord is telling me we must go return my shirt first. <laughs> you know, that could get out of hand pretty quick, you know. <laughs> um, but I told her, I said, I just have a check. I don't know why. I don't know why. I thought maybe if I went and exchanged my shirt, maybe I wouldn't get my size if I came later, you know. But I did. I went and exchanged it, got my shirt, and got in the car. We were about, 10, 15 minutes later, getting to the coffee shop than we would have been. 10, 15 minutes was the only difference. And we got to that coffee shop. As we were going in, there was a guy coming out, and it was like the, the, the lady behind the register was talking to somebody else. Yep, these are the fresh bagels. He just brought them here just now. If we would have gotten there 10, 15 minutes before, she would not have, we would have traveled that whole hour, went to go get bagels, but they weren't there. We would have had to go somewhere else. Now, and, and as I heard that, I said, Natalie, don't you realize what just happened? The Holy Ghost got you your bagel. <laughs> he got you your bagel because we were about ready to go. I, I can hear real clear, see. And um, I'll tell you another story. We were looking for a sweater for her father-in-law. And this was probably two or three years ago. And we just wanted a little memento for her father-in-law that we lived in Iowa. So we wanted to get him a sweater that had Iowa on it. But they're LSU Tigers down there. They're purple and gold. If you bring like a Hawkeye emblem or if you bring black and gold colors, you know, we didn't want his house getting egged. We didn't want people, you know, keying in his car or anything. <laughs> they're really severe down there. You know, it's like Catholic church football. You know, it's like, <laughs> who, who's God? I don't know. They're both kind of equal, you know. <laughs> so... We just wanted a plain Jane gray shirt that said Iowa. You know, Iowa. No affiliation with the college, say Iowa. You know, we were looking for this. And we went to several stores and we went to a Walmart. I think it was in maybe Ames or Des Moines. And we were about ready to leave. And the best way, and this, this is a teaching thing. This is what he taught me, okay? As we were about ready to leave, I felt this kind of, I just felt a lasso go around my midsection. I don't know how else to describe it. It was spiritual, okay? It was just like, I, I turned it out. I said, it's here. What we're looking for is here. I feel it. I feel it. We, and so we had already looked. And then, then it got real specific, like scary specific. We went and went back to men, look at the men's section. And as we were walking there, I was hearing things. I was hearing um, no. Well, we, let me, okay. 
we went to look at the men's section. This happened several years ago, so I want to get it right. And looking through again, in the very back, in the back of the back, there was, and there was all this yellow and red Iowa State. There was all this black and gold Iowa. And then way, way in the back, there was one, just one gray hoodie sweatshirt that had Iowa in black letters. No affiliation, completely neutral, you know, not offendable at all. <laughs> and I, I pulled it out. I said, here it is, honey. And now, I didn't know what it cost because there was no tag on it. And it was at this point the Holy Ghost says, take it, to the, take it to the first lady you see. The lady that you see will take her to your manager. Your manager will say, it's only going to cost you $5. And so I did. I went, I found the first lady I saw. I says, this Iowa sweater has no tag on it. How much does it cost? She says, I don't know. And there was none other like it. It was the only one there. And so we walked back. She took me to her manager, and they looked at it, and she says, this was from an old stock. They were supposed to all been shipped out. This is the last one. It shouldn't even be here. How about five bucks? And I was like, that sounds right. <laughs> so long story short, the Holy Ghost, nah, there's no way I would have left that with that sweater. All right. And, and that's how we got that sweater. Now, here's my point. And this is what the Holy Ghost did to me. As I was checking out, I put that, we were checking out, we were in the aisle to, to check out, and the Holy Ghost told me. And I think maybe at that time I had had some, uh, I don't know, I might have been dealing with a little bit of internal crisis, you know, like why, why aren't the gifts happening and things like that. And the Holy Ghost, he, he spoke up right as I was leaving. He says, now why is it you can't flow in the gifts of the Spirit again? Now, you know God will teach you by asking you questions, right? See, with these situations, bagels, <laughs> sweaters, he's here to teach you. But you know his ultimate goal is not to help you be a better shopper. He'd, he'd, it's not really on the top of his priority list to make sure that we get the bagels we want or the sweaters we're looking for. That's not why he's come, all right? But he said he was teaching me and with these things, he says, these things that you're hearing don't require any trust. They, all they require is you to go do them. And you can hear me very clearly. But when I come and speak to you, and, and he won't sometimes tell you things because he knows what's in the way is fear or intimidation or trust. If he can be that specific to tell me where something is, what it will cost, isn't that what he did with Ananias? He says, go to this street tell this person this, this is what's going to happen. And Ananias says, now, you know this guy, you know, Lord, I'm sure you do, <laughs> you know. See, but if he comes and tells you those things, there's got to be a, a relationship of trust there. Everybody see the problem? And I would get some part of me, I was like, Lord, I've heard you specifically about some things, why not others? It's risk and trust. Because as you start to trust him more, he's going to ask more risk. See, because something like that, what would stop him from using me to speak to somebody like he used Jesus when he's sitting down at that well getting a drink and he starts to say all of these things to her? Jesus has got to trust that he's hearing from his father, but he's also got to risk whatever it is. Whatever, it's really not a risk of reputation, but you might see it that way. 
I'm risking my reputation. What are they going to think of me? I don't care what they think of me. I'm going to be obedient to what the Holy Ghost says. He's never wrong. Amen? See, and this is the things he's wanting to lead you. Everybody say me. Little old me. He's wanting to lead us into these things. Because you're not going to win the world with your wits. You're not going to argue people into the kingdom of heaven. They don't care. The way that they will care is if you show them God like Jesus told us we could. They need to see what we see. They need to, they don't know there's a God. That's your job. It's not their job to just wake up and believe God. It's our job to come put him in his face and say, here, look at this. (laughs) That's what Jesus did. Look at this. God is here. Amen. That's what we're called to do. That's what happened in Acts was, why did it explode even though it was under persecution? Because they were walking with the Holy Ghost. And if we walk with the Holy Ghost, you won't have to have pizza and lights to get people in church. They're going to want to come. They're going to want to come. You don't have to wait for them. It's you and the Holy Ghost, you know that? You and the Holy Ghost. Because when you made a commitment to him, it's not a conditional relationship. I'm sorry, it's not an unconditional relationship. It's a conditional relationship. And Jesus, God says, if you draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. It's one thing to know that the Holy Ghost is with you. Are you aware that he's with you? Do you believe it? And have you taken the steps that are going to grow trust? Grow believing? Because trusting in him, if you continue to grow your trust in him, there's no limits to what he'll do. What can't be done with God? All the Word of God, all 66 books from different writers, different places in history, different times, are testimony that God is supernatural and He works with people to get His will done in supernatural ways. And it's lunacy to think that somehow this time period is different. It's just finding people that will walk with Him. Amen? I want to be one of those people. And I'm not going to let my fears or my intimidations or insecurities be an excuse why I can't do what he's telling me to do. Today it's going to be bagels. Tomorrow it's going to be real people. Amen. (laughs) And Jesus said this to his disciples. He said, say that there's not six months until the harvest. He says, open your eyes. Every single person you pass needs God. Do you know that? Every single time you meet somebody, you pass them. They're, they're all hurting. They all need love. And he's wanting you to see it and be aware that you didn't just get a book. You got the Holy Ghost and he's with you all the time. And you can be sensitive to when you're talking to somebody. What does he want to say to this person? Might change their life. Might completely change their trajectory. They may go from Outright heathen to to loving God like you do. Just because you were listening. But if you're not aware, you don't have any expectation, 
If you don't expect him, you don't have any faith or hope that anything's gonna happen. And this is why we, we kind of remain stuck sometimes. Because we're not expecting anything. We expect what has been. Do you fill yourself with this? And you're gonna expect what he said you can have. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you for your grace and your strength being with each and every one of us. Lord, don't let any one of these people, don't let the, I come against the plan and the attack of the enemy that would put this as condemnation. There is no condemnation. I thank you for an expectancy and a joy and a freedom that comes with this knowledge and this opening our eyes. And I thank you, Father, that this would not not be a little kindle and then it would be put out. But I pray that this would grow into a fire of expectancy and hope and faith and believing that God can use each and every one of us just like he used little Peter who in four years went from somebody that was wishy-washy back forth denying Christ and he's out there pulling people up off the floor out of afflictions. I thank you for cultivating growth and faith in us that we can trust you for those kind of results because you said, you said the works that I do, you'll do also. So we are not going to hide that verse. We're gonna put it over our doorpost. We're gonna put it in our heart and we're gonna believe what you said is true. We're going to do those works that you said we could do in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen.